Positive Friday. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube as we wrap up week number two here on the station and online. It, uh, every day is getting better. I think I might have uh, fit Connor figured out the thermostat the other day. Amazing. Um, today I'm trying a new chair because I think it's the pleather on the chair that is uh, leading to a lot of uh, unnecessary sweating. So hopefully uh, we've got all the little bugs ironed out and uh, we will rock and roll. You can always get involved. You can text us 833-401-1440. We might even open the phone lines a little bit later on today because uh, you see the investigation into Mike Babcock. And what did we say, Connor, when the story broke? Said people were like, oh, you got to pick sides. No, you don't. Because Boone Jenner and Mike Babcock's quotes were only about Boone Jenner. They didn't mention anywhere about the other players. Right, Boone Jenner. Now his could have been fine. Sounds like it's the young players. And when you look at Babcock's past history, that wouldn't surprise you. Who did he go after in Toronto? Young Mitch Marner. So... We'll see where it goes. Uh, they continue the investigation. The fact that it's been a few days tells you that mm, it's maybe not as cut and dry as you think. I will say the most moronic and idiotic claim throughout all of this is people are like, oh, Biz Nasty's doing it to get clicks. I don't know if anybody follows the podcasting world, but uh, Spitting Chicklets has been like the number one hockey podcast for a long time. I don't think they do things just for clicks. Now, you can disagree with some of the stuff they say. That's allowed. But because you don't like someone, you don't just instantly say, well, come on. why would he have any credibility? Well, why would he lie? Right? Why would he lie? When has Biz Nasty had a record of lying? Right? You can disagree with their thoughts and, you know, maybe it, you know, it's a little too misogynistic for you. That's valid. But that's not lying. Totally two different things. I don't, I don't recall a time where I've seen him spreading falsehoods. So... We'll see what it comes. But uh, the fact that it has not been a clean and cut process suggests, as we said, wait till they talk to some of the younger guys. We even said, like, it's easy to ask Boone Jenner. Hey, you're married. Pictures of your kids. That's fine. He's the captain. Coach isn't that much of an idiot. But when you look at his past, who do you go after? The guys you think you can maybe intimidate. Young players. First year, second year players are just like, oh, my goodness, I got to do whatever the coach says. And I actually give him credit for speaking up to say, hey, wait a sec. This is this is not right. If indeed he asked for their phones and played it on airplay. And uh, with every passing moment, it seems like that's plausible. It's not good. This is the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca where you can uh, get in the game. Jeez, now I got to wait. I got to wait. We did our three parlay wager yesterday. We always do everything, uh, $20 a day, and it, uh, everything we win goes to charity. Uh, this month, we're helping out Kids Sport. And uh, we had Tampa because Tampa was a two-to-one underdog, even though they had 90 wins and Baltimore had 91. Tampa wins. Nice. We picked the Eagles straight up. They win. Nice. We had the Giants. Rain out. So now I got to wait till Saturday to make up that game. Jeez. Like, I'm not a patient person. I can't wait that long. Come on. So we'll see. Uh, you can make your wager. Uh, or you just want to play some lottery. It's Lotto Max tonight. Cool $12 million. Up for grabs. Play Alberta. 
C-A. As I mentioned, uh, you can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox on the old trusty text line. You can always uh, send longer thoughts uh, via email. Gregor at sports1440.ca. Connor at sports1440.ca. The con man is here. As always, cons, how you doing? Uh, ready for a big weekend? Absolutely, Gregor. We got uh, the Elks tonight. Going to be a lot of fun. Lots of stuff going around in the city for some of the other teams as well. And did we not go Jordan Addison over receiving yards as well? We did do that, yes. So we, we got that one there. We beat so. that one easy. Yeah, because it was only like 44. <laughs> so did it in one play, one deep shot. We knew it was coming, so there's a little money one. But uh, yeah, doing good, Gregor. Looking forward to a busy weekend in the sporting world. Yeah, with the Elks, we will get to uh, Saskatchewan right off the hop. That's a big game as they take on the Riders tonight. Rob Vanstone will uh, join us in the first hour. we got another uh, two minutes with uh, Cam Tate coming up at uh, 2.40. Also, the hitman, Bret Hart, one of the all-time greatest wrestlers, will join us at uh, 4.20, find out what he's doing. Like, I'll be honest, man, Like, this is going to be a little memory lane for me. And we're not going to talk about Vince McMahon. He's been asked about that one, the screw job, right? He's been asked a thousand times. I can't ask him again. If if you missed, if you've never heard the answer, you can go find it. I'm not going to ask him about that because it's it's being asked. I do have. I probably am going to ask him a lot about Stampede Wrestling because that's where I first remember Bret Hart and Bruce Hart and Keith Hart and Owen Hart, Davy Boy Smith, the whole family, Dynamite Kid. You kidding me? They're all in there. Cuban Assassin, Mucka Singh. Yeah, so we'll go a little bit down uh, memory lane. And then obviously going on to uh, WWE and he had uh, tons of success there. Had some health issues for a bit, but uh, is doing great. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Wanya Gretz will be by uh, as well today. Uh, LT, we have uh, Mark Spector. Also, we will uh, go around the uh, the NHL. Today, we're going to focus on the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets, uh, Blake Wheeler, of course, uh, they bought him out. And then uh, the Rangers might have one of the best value contracts at 800K for Wheeler. We'll see how that pans out. But Winnipeg didn't have the busy summer that a lot of people thought they might have. Good thing or bad thing? What's what's going on in Winnipeg? A Hellebuck, Shifley, both pending unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. Is this going to be one where all depends how the season goes? The Jets are competitive. They might just roll the dice. If not, try to move those guys. The problem is... Now, Dwayne Rolson did get you a first-round pick way back in 06. But the return a lot of times for goaltenders is less than you would like. It's just how it's been historically. So we'll see what they do if they're in that position. Also, uh, Lorianne Munzer will uh, join us, our uh, weekly Friday 3 o'clock guest. Of course, a two-time Olympic uh, gold medalist. She is the Monday co-host with Kevin Carius. And... uh, you know, she talked a lot. She, she said some things last week that really piqued my interest. And I think I can relate to it and correlate it to the Edmonton orders from an athlete perspective. So, uh, we'll talk to Lori about that. As, uh, as mentioned, we'll get to all your texts, uh, emails as well. Uh, last night, uh, you know, competitive game. We also picked the over cons and uh, it was over. You look at, uh, the, you just can't win when you fumble the ball that much. It's just that simple, right? That's, that's what cost the Vikings. I don't think there's any question. Uh, about that. So uh, they're going to have to rectify that. They're 0-2 now. Eagles 2-0. and And uh, the Vikes going to have to figure some things out. Uh, the The injury list is rather long for this upcoming weekend. Uh, your boy, I got to ask you, Cons, your Chargers. Uh, now, Eckler's got an ankle injury. Yeah. He hasn't practiced in three days. Could they just be resting the ankle? Because, like, let's be honest, like, does he really need to practice? 
I mean, no, I don't think he does. Uh, the playbook, I think he's got that down yeah. pat. I think he's going to be ready to go once he is, once, uh, once the ball is kicked off or snapped. But I mean, I would be a little bit weary because he did come out of the game. He looked like he was in some discomfort. So I, I would be a little concerned about that Austin Eckler. When I said it, I think going back to, to Monday or Tuesday, if you can pick up Joshua Kelly, get that depth spot. Uh, the Chargers want to run the ball. Kellen Moore is going to run the rock. And Joshua Kelly looked like he was pretty efficient doing so. So I mm-hmm. think there is some room for concern there when it comes to the Austin Eckler fantasy owners. I don't think it's going to be something that keeps him out for too long, but I could see him missing this week after not practicing. Well, that puts a little bit extra pressure on the Chargers who are 0-1 and... You know, tough matchup. It's not like they got an easy matchup this weekend at all. So, uh, you know, Tennessee, a, a desperate team as well. So we'll see. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense. You got two starting guys in the secondary, two starters on the, on the O line out. This is, you know, this game is setting up for a perfect bounce back for the Cincinnati Bengals just because of all the injuries in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. Ronnie Staley at the tackle, Marlon Humphrey at corner, like you said. Mark Andrews, uh, one of Lamar Jackson's most reliable targets there. He's he's going to probably, well, at the very least, be knocked up a little bit there, a little banged up. He's got some injuries. So, for sure, this would be a good one to go with Joe Burrow uh, getting back it there. He's got all those targets. I know you're a T. Higgins owner, so you're hoping for a bounce-back performance there. Jamar Chase, a lot of guys. You would think so. I know Joe Burrow kind of started off slow last year as well before he found his stride, so hopefully... For me, a Joe Burrow owner, and for you, a T. Higgins owner, uh, this is the week they do it. Well, T. Higgins had eight passes thrown his way. I'll be honest, I'm not sure any of them were catchable. Like, they weren't really close uh, on much, so a little bit out of sync. So uh, I would expect Higgins to put up something. I don't know, I'm not sold he'll put up huge numbers, but I would think, uh, you know, he'll at least have a catch. Goddard got a catch, so there was a, there was progress. Uh, in that regard. Now, uh, going to the Elks, uh, big game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Think about it. Like if you would have asked Elks fans a month ago, Hey, you know what? They got a big game against Saskatchewan on September 15th. You'd be like, what are you talking about, dude? Well, guess what? Here we are. It's September 15th. And this game actually matters quite a bit for the Elks. Uh, they are three and one in their last four. Now you can say three and two in their last five and they played really well against Winnipeg. Right now, I think they're, they even things out. They didn't play great the whole game against Calgary and the one that they won. And then the game they lost against Calgary, they played 45 minutes where they were the better team and then lost in the fourth quarter. So I think their record is kind of fair, uh, to who they are right now. Saskatchewan is six and six. Uh, Edmonton wins this game. Uh, they'd still be two wins behind them. Right. And Saskatchewan has a tiebreaker. So it's difficult to envision a situation where they catch the riders, but a victory today and they would tie Calgary with wins. And then they would be only one win back of Hamilton and Hamilton has taken on Winnipeg. And man, I got to think that Winnipeg's going to win that game. So there's, you know, there's a lot on line for the Elks. At least it keeps them hungry. It keeps them alive for the potential. I, I think it's a, a long shot, honestly, because you got to remember, you can't be tied with Hamilton. You have to have more points than Hamilton. In the crossover. If it's a crossover, the tie automatically goes to uh, to the Tiger Cats. So you, you think about it, they're kind of like two wins back of Hamilton, even if they win this weekend. So it's still, it's pretty low chance. But as Jim Carrey once said, so you're telling me there's a chance. So what you got to look for if you're the, uh, the Riders in that game tonight. We'll get going at uh, 7.30 Edmonton time. So you got lots of time after. Or maybe you're barbecuing because it's unbelievable weather. This is fantastic weather right now. So get outside, enjoy it as, uh, as long as you can. Uh, the Oilers also, the young guns, they get going tonight. Some of you, uh, 
will uh, be watching it. I know the diehards will watch it. I'm not, I'll be honest, I got an Elks game on, I'm probably watching that. If I'm being completely honest. There's, I don't have, like, I'll want, I'll want to see Borgo and, and Wainer and those in preseason NHL games, totally different. But, you know, if Borgo plays really well at the rookie camp, I won't be surprised. Now, if he doesn't, now keep in mind, Philip Broberg didn't really stand out and dominate last year either. So it's always hard to, to dominate sometimes. Make, uh, make no mistake about that. Hey, boys, what are you going to do about Chandler Jones? They can't keep paying him to sit at home to trash the team. Seems like he needs some mental uh, health help. Uh, well, I can't, I can't comment on the, on the last one. Um, Cons, what do you make of that situation? It's very weird. Yeah, and never a good idea when the star player or one of the star players on the team starts sharing personal text messages between the coach and the owner and, you know, putting it on his Instagram. I, I don't know exactly what is the deal there. I know they're happy they drafted a, a pass rusher with their first-round pick in this spring's draft, but it's a, it's a sticky situation. It's very messy. You know, like you said, there, there might be something going on. Uh, as a Chargers fan, I, I like to see the Vegas Raiders organization going through some crazy stuff because it seems like there's always something going on with that team. But, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very messy. I don't know if they can fix that relationship with Chandler Jones and the, the coaching staff ownership or whether you just release him and move on. But, you know, the talent is so high with that guy, you kind of want to have him back at some point. Yeah, you would think so. Um, I outlined... 10 things today at OrdersNation.com that I think are going to happen this upcoming season for the Empton Owners. And uh, we'll go through them throughout the show today. We'll get your thoughts. Feel free to chime in, 833-401-1440, on some things that you believe are going to happen. Here's a few examples of what I think. Number one, I think Leon Dreisaitl is going to have a good start. Now, if you just look at points last year, you'd say, well, he had 31 points in the first 20 games. That's pretty good. But dig a little bit deeper, he was getting crushed five on five. And the reason was simple. Leon Dreisaitl didn't get to train very much in the offseason because he was rehabbing the high ankle sprain that occurred in round one against the LA Kings. And then he gutted it out for round two and round three. Probably made it a little bit worse. And so he wasn't able to train to the level that he likes. And I'm telling you, when players don't get that opportunity, it's an impact. Now, Leon Dreisaitl is one of the best players in the game. So his le- even when he struggles, he's still better than most players. But if you look at his five-on-five scoring early on in the, in the first 20 games, you, you look at his shot for, shots against, uh, what happened when he was on the ice, it wasn't great. It wasn't awful. It just wasn't great. And I don't think it was to the level that he's capable of. I would expect a better start from Leon Dreisaitl in his possession game, his overall game. It's going to be hard to score 31 points in 20 games, right? Like prorate that man. That's a hundred. That's basically his pace for the whole season, right? That would be 124 points, 126 actually in 82 games. What did he finish with? 128. So you know what? He was pretty consistent. So his point totals didn't change. But if you look at, I thought his game overall, as he got a little bit better in shape, not that he was out of shape, but when you don't get to train to the level you want, you're just not at the condition that you feel you should be. And uh, this summer, he had a great season of training, spent a lot of time in Canada. Him and McDavid were were training a lot together. But it was more so just him. He got to be on the ice as much as he wanted. He got to train as much as he wanted. And I think that's going to make uh, a big difference for him. Um, This is the easy one. Hey, McDavid set uh, personal bests by 20 goals, 10 assists, and 30 points last year. 
I don't see him getting 183 points, although that would be unbelievable. But I do believe Connor McDavid is going to push for 150 points again. Keep in mind, in 2021, Connor McDavid had 105 points in 56 games. You know what that pro rates do? 154 points in an 82-game season. Now, that's pro rating, so it's never guaranteed. But the point was he was on pace for it. So that's two out of three years he's been that dominant offensively. And when you look at the greats of the greats, like the truly great players, they don't just have like a one-off thing. There's guys who have career years, like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Do I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to get 104 points? No. Connor McDavid being around 150, 149, 148, 151, I won't be surprised at all. I just think he's that good. And the order's power play right now looks unstoppable. The one thing I do do believe that McDavid's going to do, he is going to join a rather unique club. He'll become the 12th player in NHL history to have 90 assists in a season. He had 89 last year. The last player, really the only player since 1996 to have 90 assists in a season, Joe Thornton. He had 96 and 92 in 2006 and 2007. Adam Oates had multiple 90 points, uh, 90 assist season. Bobby Orr had two. Mary Lemieux had five. Gretzky had, had 13. <laughs> like, he's such a different level. It's crazy. Um, those are some other ones. Now, here's one that... Now, first of all, I'm just going to say, I don't believe in jinxes. Okay? But, but here's one when I look at numbers, and you can read the article to see it. There was only one... If you look at teams last year, health on the blue line makes a big difference. 14 of the 16 playoff teams had five or six defensemen play at least 60 games. The only two who didn't, Colorado and Toronto, they had four. The Edmonton Oilers were the only team in the NHL last year that had five defensemen. Now, I'm including Barry and Ekholm because they got traded for one another, and they combined to play 82 games. Barry got traded out, Ekholm comes in, doesn't miss a game, boom. Nurse didn't miss a game. Kulak didn't miss a game. Bouchard didn't miss a game. Cody Ceci missed two. That's it. Your top five defensemen missed a total combined of two games. The odds will tell you somebody's going to miss a few more games this year. That's just that's just the numbers. It's a history. You go, go around and look at teams, right? Just look at teams who even had like how many guys play even seventy games. Never mind eighty. And it's it's hard to get the only teams that had five defensemen. Play 70 games. Florida and Seattle actually each had six. So keep that in mind about Seattle. Seattle was pretty healthy on the back end. They had all six of their defensemen play at least 73 games. They only missed a total of 21 games combined in their whole blue line. Florida, Carolina, Dallas, Edmonton, L.A., the Islanders, and the Jets. All playoff teams. The only non-playoff team was Philly. They had five defensemen play 70 games. So health on the blue line matters when you got a good team. And I just, I think you will see Broberg and DeHarnay play more games this year because somebody's getting nicked up. It's not a jinx. It's just a fact based on history and numbers. And it's hard to have five D-men play 80 games. It's amazing. Amazing. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we return, Rob Vanstone will uh, join us on Sports 1440 live on OilersNation.com YouTube channel. It is the Jason Greger Show. We roll through a positive Friday. How are you? A little brass bonanza for you. Get you in the mood for what should be a great weekend. Oh, oh man, is there lots going on. I love it. Football at all levels. High school football is going on. You got junior football, youth sports, CFL, NFL. Outstanding. Baseball, oh, the Jays. We will have to talk about the Jays. How about this? They got swept at home in a four-game series for the first time 
in franchise history. Couldn't have come at a worse time. And and the last few games weren't even close. Well, really, the whole series wasn't that close. They got destroyed. So are they going to be able to lick their wounds? I can't believe their, their manager's like, Man, I don't think confidence is a thing. What? How can you possibly say that, John Schneider? Like, I, I don't think confidence is a thing. Pardon? Like, every athlete in the history of the game will tell you that, yeah, my confidence can wane up and down. Like, jeez. If that's the, the deep thinker they have as a manager, God help them. God help them. Let's get to the CFL report now, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home with no interest, no payments for one year on your AC or furnace. Depends what you like. Trust me, it's so hot right now. You still want to get AC? Check out LegacyHeating.ca. As uh, we welcome in from uh, Riderville.com, longtime uh, beat reporter for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We are joined by uh, Rob Vanstone. Robbie, how you doing? Good, Jason. How are you doing? I, I love your theme. It's so old school. Oh, the brass? Hey, it's good, I man. I love that. I've oh. always loved that. It's so great to hear it again. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you. Thanks for being back on. It's good. And you know what? Uh, it's nice to have a game with some meaning because uh, five weeks ago, uh, people weren't if the Elks would win a game all season. And you know what? They, they finally get rid of their OC. Uh, they change out their quarterback and the combination of Jarius Jackson and Trey Ford at least has the, the Elks an exciting team to watch. Uh, them and the Riders have played two games this year. The Riders won both. Both were very close, though. So I guess let's start with any noticeable or key injuries for the Riders this week. Well, there's nothing really recent. Uh, I mean, the Rough Riders are still on their third starting quarterback of the year, Jake Dolagal, and that's due to injuries. In Edmonton, it's also starting quarterback number three, but for different reasons. So uh, that's the the Trevor Harris injury is, is that's that that was a monster and uh but Jake Dolagal has come in and and is one two of two of his three starts so it's it's going to be interesting because you're you're watching two quarterbacks tonight who're both in their second year in the league and uh both being handed the ball for the first time for an extended period totally different styles of play but both have been getting results now the Elks and the Stamps had uh, almost uh, mirror images games uh, in in Calgary. Uh, the Elks dominated the first three quarters, and then the home team comes back and wins in the fourth. And then it was role reversal in Edmonton. Meanwhile, the Riders beat Saskatchewan in the in the or sorry the the Bombers, and then got crushed in game two in the rematch. So what what did you make of the second game? Is that more of a reflection of the skill set of the two teams, or do the Riders just simply not play close to their level? That's just what's happened so many times during that head-to-head with with Rough Riders and 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 Winnipeg. It just seems the home crowd and the home turf is so powerful in that in that series. I, I remember in in uh, 1995 the Riders beat Winnipeg 56 to four. The <laughs> next week Winnipeg won 25-24. Just that's the degree to which the pendulum can swing. And it wasn't a a, a, a back-to-back series, but in ninety. In 1986, Riders lost 56 nothing in Winnipeg and then won 34-30 on Labor Day seven weeks later. Like, it's just, who can figure it? It's yeah. just, uh, it's confounding, but that's that's sports. And every now and then you just get those games that you really can't uh, put your finger on why it happened, but it's happened enough. You just, you just attribute it to, that's why they play the games. The, uh, the Elks Russian attack. 
Uh, had over almost 450 yards in two games against Calgary. It's been pretty good. The Saskatchewan's kind of middle of the road right now in rushing yards against. They've allowed 1,300. Uh, I think that has them fifth in the league. So basically right smack in the middle. Uh, I would expect Edmonton to want to try to continue to pound the ball tonight. Uh, if you look at passes attempted with Trey Ford, it's been 16, 18, 18, 23, and 22. They like to run the ball a lot. How do you think this uh, run defense of the Riders will match up to the run attack of the Elks? Well, there needs to be an improvement. I mean, last week, Brady Oliveira rushed for 150-plus yards against the Rough Riders. And, I mean, that's not the first team Brady Oliveira has done that against. But um, it, it's going to be an interesting challenge because now you've got – you got Brown with with uh, with with the Elks, and plus the the challenge presented by uh, by Trey Ford and Craig Dickinson, the Rough Riders head coach, talked about it earlier this week. The uh, the discipline that's going to be required on defense because a lot of times it's going to be the run pass option out of the shotgun, and it's going to be who is going to run the ball. Is it going to be Brown or is it going to be Ford? And the Rough Riders have to be so attentive to a the skills of of each player and b the the need to be disciplined with their assignments because if you take one step to the left when when you should take one step to the right or hold your ground with Trey Ford's speed, that's all that uh, is required for him to get a major gain. He's averaging more than 10 yards a carry this year. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Uh, he's a dynamic player for sure. And uh, and he's so inexperienced when you consider he didn't really have that many games uh, even when he played in, in U sports. So uh, I, I'm really – Curious to see what the future holds when this guy just gets more comfortable and has, you know, 40 or 50 CFL games under his belt to see where he's at. Uh, Rob Vanstone joins us, a longtime beat reporter for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, writes at riderville.com. Uh, conversely, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, the youth in Saskatchewan and, you know, earlier in the year, there's lots of people that are wondering about Dickinson and, you know, his future there. Well, what do you make of that? And, and how do you think, uh, you know, he's coached recently? I mean, if you look at it, I mean, again, this team has been beset by injuries this year. They've Tonight they will dress their 10th different offensive lineman of the year with Philip Blake returning to the lineup as the sixth offensive lineman. It, uh, especially earlier in the year, it was really tough for there to be a uh, the same receiving core from game to game. And, and by midseason, the Rough Riders were on their third starting quarterback of the year. So for the team to be six and six, considering all of that that's been thrown in front of them, I think what Craig Dickinson has done is, is commendable. Uh, I mean, yes, the game last week was was one-sided, but the Rough Riders have won two of their last three games, and those two victories were against the two top teams in the West. So uh, when you consider that that is being done with some of the personnel situations that the team has been facing unavoidably due to injuries, I, I think that's a, a testament to the coaching. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, when you look at Saskatchewan, and, and with all the injuries, sometimes it's a benefit because you're like, oh, Geez, this guy can play, and maybe you didn't see. So have they unearthed any gems that maybe they weren't sure of now that they've got more playing time because of it? Well, again, I'll go, I'll go back to Jake Dolagala. You know, coming into the season, he'd started one CFL game, and that was last year against Toronto when when the, the team was uh, decimated by, by a COVID outbreak. So there really wasn't much around him on that day in terms of a supporting cast because the a lot of the team was either ailing or unavailable. So this is the first chance to get a real read on Jake Dolagala, and we're seeing that throwing arm that people have been raving about. So that's a really interesting development. Uh, I, mean, and the, I mean, it's sort of reminiscent of what's happened uh, with, with the Elks and Trey Ford. They needed a quarterback to, to pick it up after what happened earlier in the year, and, 
and there was, you know, Trey Ford has done what he has done in a totally different way. Jake Dolagala with that throwing arm and the dimension he provides with his height and his ability to access pretty much any part of the field with his uh, arm strength has, has been interesting. You look at the uh, the receiving core and and some of the things that they've had to the Rough Riders have had to unearth. Uh, Darrell Walker, week one in Edmonton. Uh, was injured late in the game. The Riders won that game 17-13. to 13. That opens the door for, for Tevin Jones, who's probably going to get 1,000 yards this year. Uh, Jarrah Stearns ends up playing. He was you know, put up huge numbers in the, in the NCAA, but he, he gets an opportunity as a result of a, a, a void that needs to be filled, and he looks like a keeper. So that's that's been the, the key to the Rough Riders just holding serve so far this year is, P, is the depth is really being... Uh, being evident we're going to see it too at Tremaine Washington is starting at defensive halfback tonight and and Elks fans will remember him because two years ago he had five picks in 14 games for Edmonton led the league in that category so that's a uh, you mentioned injuries off the top uh Tremaine Washington being infused into the lineup is something, something to watch tonight and uh Rob just just one other one uh quickly if you look the uh you know I know football obviously in Saskatchewan football reigns supreme and uh the Golden Bears are two and oh and they're in Saskatchewan. Uh, what do you make of that? That is that's going to be a cool game to follow. And the the Huskies just looks like such a machine too. Yeah. I mean, they lost Mason Nias to graduation, a, a terrific quarterback, and in comes Anton Amandrude of the Huskies, who's uh, from Lloydminster, Alberta, and uh, he's thrown four touchdown passes in each of his starts, and both of his starts for the Huskies. So that's going to be a real interesting game to follow. I heard that mentioned on the radio actually when I was. Uh, earlier today and i'm thinking yeah i've got to without uh without neglecting my duties at with regard to the rough fighters and elks i got to keep an eye on that huskies golden bear game golden bears game tonight because that's going to be really intriguing well it'll be a real good test for the golden bears to kind of see where they're at you know they're off to a good start two and oh but the huskies have looked uh, really dominant and uh you know winning would be unbelievable but if they're close in that game i think they, they can take a lot from it so i'll be curious to see how chris morris and his team does tonight rob always good to catch up with you man enjoy the game uh expected a big crowd yeah, I think it's going to be a good crowd tonight. I'm not sure what the numbers are going to be, but uh, I love Friday night football. It's it's cool to see it in person, and uh, I hope uh, I hope you uh, enjoy it as well. It's great to be on your show and to hear your voice again, Jason. Awesome, Rob. Good seeing you, man. That is uh, yeah, Rob Vanstone from uh, Riderville.com, longtime uh, beat reporter for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, yeah, if you're a football fan, man, of all levels, there's so much going on. But uh, good start for the Bears. But uh, this will be a huge test tonight. So uh, I know you, you know some of you might be watching that online. Uh, maybe you got the uh, the TV room set up. You got two TVs. Maybe you'll be watching the uh, the Huskies and the Bears. And then of course uh, you can watch on TSN the Elks and the Rough Riders. That was the uh, CFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Is the Jason Greger Show live on Sports fourteen forty? Also live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Get involved. You can text us, 833-401-1440, or just get in the chat. We've got the chat going on. Uh, Connor and myself will always uh, interject uh, on uh, YouTube as well with some comments, so you can uh, there uh, read there. Also, uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button. It is The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on Positive Friday. How are you? Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, with you. Got a loaded lineup. Got a lot of text flying in. 803-401-1440. Hey, boys, I'm not going to lie. Last week, the Brass Bonanza started to play, and I got momentarily emotional. It's been too long. Call me Ominous Cloud. It's my gamer tag. I love the show. Great to have you guys back. Well, uh, Ominous, it's awesome. Little, uh, a little emotions, uh, never a bad thing. 
I like it. So, JG, I went into week-long after week-long depression when 1260 was off the air as it was the only station allowed in my vehicle. Then I was flicking through and I hear your voice and found the perfect mess for my depression. This will now be the only station allowed again. Awesome, guys. I needed it. That one comes from Craig. Well, Craig, if uh, if we can do any small thing to to help you feel better, that's a it's a huge honor for us. We're happy that uh, you listen and and enjoy it. And it's great. Fourteen forty. That's the place to be. Of course, uh, you can watch it uh, on YouTube if you ever need a laugh. Check that out. Hey guys, just have to say it's amazing. The Brass Bonanza is back. Thank you. Hey, you know what? I agree. I hadn't heard, you know what? And I refused to play it at my house. That was just my thing. I said, you know what? It was like my motivation to get back was uh, to have the Brass Bonanza. Even even my son, who at first was like, meh, but doing the show at home, he would, <laughs> he used to come downstairs on Fridays. And the song, it's it's a real toe-tapper. It's hard for most people not to suddenly uh, start seat dancing or uh, doing a little jig when the brass comes on, which is uh, fantastic. It is now time for the two-minute warning with Cam Tate. Now, for those, uh, maybe this is your first time listening to the show. So I, w- I always like to preset this in case you're wondering. So uh, Cam Tate has a cerebral palsy. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. And at times, um, it's difficult to, to understand what he has to say. Cam, is, you know, he's been a longtime journalist and writer, awarded, award-winning author. Uh, he always wanted to do radio, but obviously because of his uh, cerebral palsy, he was unable to. But now, with the uh, technological advancements that we have... We allow the two-minute warning with Cam Tate every Monday and Friday at 2.45. The two-minute warning with Cam Tate on Sports 1440 for Friday, September 15th. I'm Big Bad Brian on Voxbox, and I'll read words written by Cam today. Really? Blue Jays? Really? Here we go. $216,763,840. That's the payroll of the Toronto Blue Jays. Dig it one time with me, please. Two hundred and sixteen million seven hundred sixty-three thousand eight hundred and forty dollars. Eight these beauties drop four in a row. When by my flashing daytimer gizna, it's September. Hark, autumn cometh forthwith. Unless the moon and stars get really messed up, the World Series is in October. So one would think you would be dialed in in September. Play your best. Give up the booze for a few weeks. Get rested up. Get focused. Especially when you're in a wild card race. Where is the urgency here? The Blue Jays were swept by the Texas Rangers this week. Four games, scoring nine runs and giving up 35. Hear it one more time. The Jays were outscored 35 to 9 in four games. The Seattle Mariners must be breathing a little easier and can visualize, with good reason, a wild card spot. Now I get, I really do, teams have losing streaks during the season, but now, Blue Jays fans, really? And even with that kind of dough, these fellas can't even buy a win. Come on now. When there's so gold darn much on the line, the Jays' season is all but over. My point is it would not have to be if they treated September more seriously. For a payroll of $216 million, Blue Jay fans who go to their games in Toronto. They have every right to revisit their investment. The Cam Tate two-minute warning is heard every Monday and Friday on the Jason Greger Show, right here on Sports 1440. Lay off the booze. As I told that, uh, when, when Cam approached me to want to do this, and uh, he had sent me a few practice ones, and I said, Tater, I know you. 
That's like they were very polite. And not that Cam isn't polite. He's very polite, but he, he just he has a really good wit. Cam was actually a sit down comedian for a long time. He's in a wheelchair. Get the joke. That's what he said. So um, I just he's got those subtle little lines. And it's true that 216 mil and the uh, the Jays. Now, the, the only saving grace for the Jays is that Seattle's four and six in their last 10 and Toronto's five and five. Now, Toronto, of course, just lost four in a row. So it's it does not look great. Uh, they're one and a half back of Seattle at this point, and uh, now they're two and a half back of the uh, Rangers. Uh, the Jays, of course, are taking on Boston. Uh, Seattle's taking on the Dodgers, so maybe you could gain some ground. We'll see. But uh, the Jays, they've struggled against competitive teams. Now, Boston isn't that competitive, but they are the team right below them in the in the American League standings, granted by six games. And trust me, you don't think the Red Sox would love nothing more than to – pile on more pain for the Blue Jays. Yeah, this will not be an easy series at all. But uh they got to wake up. You know, somebody's got to peel the paint, somebody's got to read the ride act because it's like losing's one thing. They got blown out. Blown out four straight games at home. As I mentioned earlier, first time in franchise history they were swept at home in a four-game series. Like it's hard, it's hard to lose four in a row in baseball, and it's really hard to lose four in a. Now I know you don't have that many four game home stands, so I understand it. But still, to lose all four, come on, it was not. Uh, it's not great at all. So there you go. Uh, two minute warning with uh, Cam Tate. You know what? He's getting more comfortable. I'm enjoying it, and uh, you know we're happy to give a somebody who's always wanted to have a voice uh, an opportunity to have a voice. And I think now he's obviously had a written voice for a long time, but uh, he likes the audio voice so. I think it's pretty cool. Hey, boys, best segment. I love Tate from uh, Northside Adam. Hey, Adam, you know what? It's doing good. I love it. Hey, guys, I have to say I love when the Blue Jays lose from uh, Tootsie Rolls. Non-Jays fan. I get it. It's totally fair. Hey, guys, so glad you're back on air, especially here in Brass Bonanza on Pause of Friday. Been listening since you started Pause of Fridays, and the two months you guys off were weird. Fridays definitely aren't the same without the brass. Love the show. Cobra in Clairview. Big shout-out to Clairview. I like it. Cobra and everybody else over there. Uh, keep it, uh, keep the streets clean and calm over in Clairview right now, Cobra. That will be the, uh, that'll be the goal for sure. Hey, Gregor, realistically, how many goals do you think McDavid can score? Oh, man. Well, he scored 64, so I guess I can say realistically he can score 64. He just did it. Um, the the one thing about Connor McDavid and the reason why I believe McDavid is is going to like last year and and like I said it doesn't mean he's going to get 153 but if he gets 148 like it's still ridiculously dominant right like when Gretzky got 215 and then only got 208 did people say oh jeez what a terrible year by Wayne can't believe he only got 205 right no not all like Gretzky had like a 7 8 year span where he was just out of this world and I I firmly believe that McDavid has the same same opportunities to do this exact same thing. And the big one for me with McDavid is if you look at him over the last five years, the reason why I think Connor McDavid's going to score 50 goals again and maybe push for 60 is he has continued to improve and evolve his game. And just look at his shots per 60, right? And five years ago, it was 8.8. Then it went up to 9.09. Then 9.67. Then he uh, jumped ahead to uh, 10.71, and then last year was his highest at 11.51. When the best player in the game is shooting more, 
your odds of scoring increase. Skretsky said, can't score if you don't shoot. Or something like along those lines. Actually, might have, I think he might have said, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, all the all the goals you miss, you, you don't something like that. All the shots you don't take, you miss. I can't remember. I'm butchering it, but you know what I meant. Do you know the quote? Cons? I thought it was Michael Scott that said that. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that is Michael Scott. Yeah, Gretz, Gretz border from Michael Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it went back in time. So it went to the future, got it, and then went back to use it. But I won't be surprised at all. As far as could McDavid score 70. Like, I don't see why not. Like, nobody thought Gretzky was going to score 92 when he did, right? And then Brett Hall and, and Marilyn Mew scored in the high 80s, right? Gretzky scored 87 another year. So could Connor McDavid score 70 goals? Yes. Is it hard? 100%, right? So, re- like, realistic's a good word the way you use it because I do think if you score 64... I think you can say without a massive stretch that it's realistic that he could score 70. Other guys have scored 70. He scored 60 recently. Pasternak scored 60. Matthew scored 60. All right, so we've seen more goals lately. Offense is up in the NHL, which personally, obviously, I'm a big fan of. So that's a good question. Hmm. I'm going to say I think McDavid scores 63 goals this year. I hope I'm low. Like, I'd love him to, like, I thought he could score. I remember in a few years ago, I said, I think it's realistic he could score 140 points. And then he blew that out of the water. So I hope I'm low. I, I, I hope we have, like, three or four 60-goal scores in the regular season. Because if you look in the playoffs, McDavid still produces quite a bit in the playoffs. The one thing I will say right now, next year's postseason, McDavid will be much more productive five on five than he was last year in the playoffs. He'll be like, you know, look at 2022. It was ridiculous what he did. Two points a game. Crazy. Last year though, his five on five production way lower than what you'd think from him. So I I think you'll see a, like a a medium right in the middle um, from McDavid this year. Hey, Gregor, I thought you never take the under 63. (laughs) Well, I think the line actually Cons, look it up. I think the line for McDavid's goals this year is actually 54 and a half. So I am taking the over. It's under what he scored last year, yes. But in theory, I'm taking the over for what the uh, the line is. So, hey, guys, if McDavid shoots, he can get 75. Well, McDavid does shoot. I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think it's passe to say that Connor McDavid is, uh, is a first-pass guy all the time anymore. I, I don't really think he is. Like, look at... He had 352 shots last year. The only guys in the league who had more shots, David Pasternak, Nathan McKinnon. That's it. So, and and keep in mind that McDavid had 20 more assists than McKinnon, 22 more goals than McKinnon. He had three more goals than Pasternak, but he had 37 more apples than Pasternak. Pasternak's definitely more of a shooter. He had 407 shots. McKinnon had 366, and he missed time, right? Like McKinnon's shots per game would have been a lot higher because he missed 11 games. He probably would have passed Pasternak if I'm doing the math quickly in my head. And then McDavid was at uh, 352. Brady Kachuk, and a lot of his shots are right around the crease, right? Uh, 347. Jack Hughes, 336. Matthews, 327. Timo Meyer, 327. Matthew Kachuk, 322. 
Jason Robertson, 313, and uh, Miko Ranson in 306. Uh, those are the only players with over 300 shots. Ten of them in the NHL. Or, sorry, yeah, ten. And then Tage Thompson was 11th at 295. So, I'm trying to see how many shots. Uh... Now, the one guy, because uh, I remember many years ago, people were like, oh, Drysaddle can't score like that, a shooting percentage. Well, it's been like five years. Drysaddle doesn't take a ton of shots. He basically had 95 fewer shots than McDavid. He had a 21 shooting percentage. He he doesn't waste a lot of shots, does Drysaddle. He knows how to score. So, But McDavid, I, I don't think you can say that he uh, that he doesn't shoot much anymore. He's uh, he's become a big-time shooter. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, he's at 352 this year. He plays all the games. Is, is he at 360, 370, 375? I won't be surprised at all. Like, they are so driven. I don't believe, because I, I remember Mark Messier telling the story about Wayne Gretzky and how, you know, they said, wow, when we were up 6 nothing, you know, Wayne was on the bench and he was just like bloodthirsty to get 7 and 8. He didn't let up. And that's, like, you have to have, this is professional sports. It's, it's kind of being ruthless. Right. And just be like, you know what? We're not sitting back here. Let's keep pushing. And when they talked to McDavid, Glenn Gullitson told me, uh, I had a conversation with him at the, at the rink and, you know, he asked him how summer was and his daughter and, and playing her fastball and everything like that. And then, we, you know, we just got into it and I said, you know, I was asking him a few questions about the power play and everything. But the one thing he brought up without me even mentioning it was he says, every player he's talked to, he feels like is coming in with just a higher, commitment he goes it's hard to put it into words and explain it because it's not like they weren't committed before but just there's there's a big hunger there there was a lot of anger disappointment frustration and how they lost to vegas because i think they truly believe that they beat themselves and i think that's accurate they did they fell apart in the second period in games five and game six and i don't think you can just flip that switch if you want to be like a, a ruthless professional athlete you need to be it all the time and if it's october obviously the playoffs you know the intensity rises and so everything will be heightened but your level of commitment needs to be similar in october when you just add the emotion of april and may and I think we've seen that the last few years more for McDavid. And that's why I believe the Edmonton Oilers under McDavid, they're going to want a really good start this season. And, and I think him and Drysaddle, they believe, hey, we're the leaders. We have to lead in that department. And that means in all facets, not just offensively. So I'm curious to see how it goes. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, your structural Engineering specialists, whether in the process of a renovation or building a dream home, BIE can help you out. Go to BIEENG.com. Here's Connor Halley. 